lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires for their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another to be jealous for of one another. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. Amen.
and surrendering to the giftedness of the Holy Spirit. Mighty God, we are desperate for you to truly have thine way. Lord, truly we are the clay, and you are the potter, shapers, and molders in your way. Lord, as we prepare to hear a word from you, speak now. Your servants are listening. Guide us further into your presence. Truly we are desperate, Lord, to Worship you in spirit and in truth. So help us, O oh God, to have thine word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. We pray through your preaching and your teaching, Lord, uh, through this vessel, that we might see Jesus and truly hold true to your word. Fill us up, Almighty God, as only you can, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Spiritual health, we're going to talk about this morning as we look at this Galatians 5th chapter, verses 16 through 26. As we look at this, basically when you look at verse 16, the exhortation that Paul gives them, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Sounds simplistic enough, right? Uh, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So if I'm letting the Holy Spirit guide me, then I'm following good directions. 
And when we're following good directions, we're going to be safe from harm and danger. Anybody ever gone on a tour? At the beginning of the tour, the, your tour guide gives you instructions. Basically say, if you follow what I tell you, everything's going to be all right. Uh, they, they let you know where you can go and where you cannot go. Uh, they let you know what you can touch and what you cannot touch. Uh, they let you know what time you need to be in a place so everything will work out. Uh, whether you might be going through a museum or you go to a natural ordinance park or wildlife preserve area, they are letting you know that we've been here before. We know our way around to stick with us. And everything will be all right. And, and, and so think about how guides are given to us. Instructions and directions are given to us. But sometimes, as you know, we're not as obedient as we should. That sometimes we think we know better. We try some things out that don't work out for our advantages, that we end up in more peril and trouble than we need to be. And so then sometimes many of us know definitely how we have heart conditions and and so, therefore, when we go to the doctor, the doctor wants to find out what's wrong with you. I got to maybe have you do a stress test. Y'all familiar with a stress test? That they will put you on a treadmill, have you do some light exercises to see how your heart is responding once it's under stress. You see, uh, uh, all stress is not good stress. Y'all don't hear me? And so here it is, a situation that you should be able to walk and not have any problem. But yet, if you're walking... And you start having problems, there's something wrong with your heart. You, you should be able to do some light exercises and not have a, a heart issue or something flaring up that you start sweating and you start having problems and reflect. So what it's trying to find out is that there's a condition that you're unaware of the doctor needs to address. And sometimes you find these under stress. That's the, what Paul is pointing out here to them in this text, that you are under stress. You are under attack of the enemy to help you to deviate from the path you've been gone. He says, he basically, remember, he says that you were running so well, but what has hindered you? What took your eyes off the prize? What has distracted you? And he pointed out clearly that I know it wasn't God. It wasn't he who started you on this path. It wasn't he who gave you this great gospel. But those who are false teachers, those who are lying, those who are scheming, those who are conniving, doing the things they should not be doing has caused you to lose track. But yet if you walk in the spirit, if you stay guided in the spirit, you won't be distracted. That's what he points out here, that we ought to carry ourselves, conduct ourselves. That reflects whom we serve. Are, are people knowing that you are a child of God without you having to tell them you are a child of God? Are, are people coming to you looking for guidance or spiritual insight, asking you to pray for them because how you conduct yourself? If you're not able to answer some of these questions, my question is why? Why are some not aware that whom you serve? Why are they not aware that you profess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Maybe you need to address the way you walk, the way you conduct yourself. I think about how another way he says to let the Holy Spirit guide your lives and you won't be doing your spiritual nature craze. The simple nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. 
And so if you are letting the Holy Spirit guide you or if you are walking some text or have into or conduct yourself, basically people say, I can tell the way you live, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you conduct yourself as a child of God. I was thinking about how we know people by their gait or by their walk or how they walk. There's some people you know that you can see them from down the street and say, I know who that is. I could tell the way they were walking. That's who that person is. And, and one of the most favorite gates we know from the TV show, Moving On Up, and George Jefferson come walking in, right? So everybody know that, that George Jefferson gate. You somebody doing that, you know how they feeling that day. They feeling pretty good. Right? And so we understand how some people look by their walk, but do people know who you are, by how you walk? Do they know how you live your life? Here's the situation that how Many people are going to write your story. Don't believe me? Go ahead and find out when you are gone. Somebody's going to write your story. So if you don't write it down yourself, they're going to put down how you live. And they're going to go by what they observe. They may not put down your highlights because they don't know your highlights. But yet if you show them your highlights, then they know how to put down. They will be able to put down that I know they, this person was a child of God. They served in the community. They did this. They did that because of how you walk. But those who don't walk well, they got the little small paragraph. Because you don't have enough information to put down for them. And they'll put down what they can put down. So what do you want your story to be? Think about how your life is measured by how people look at you and determine you. And here it is. that God has called you to greater things. The things in this world are going to pass away. They're not forever. But yet the things we do for the kingdom. So how are you living? Do people know? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. Living in the Spirit should help you to differentiate the different things in your life that are good and that are not so good. That you will know what is righteous and what is evil, what is wicked and what is of holy and sanctified spiritual desires for the Lord. So if you're living to satisfy the Spirit, you're trying to stay healthy. You're not. You're going to... Take away the things that might hurt your heart. Remember I talk about the stretch test? Once the doctor finds out you have a condition with your heart, he starts telling you some things you want to do to help build up the strength of your heart. Right? You can change your diet and help build up that muscle within your body. You can change your diet and help increase the way your blood is working and reduce the fat and the cholesterol and the salt intake into your body. And so when you understand that simple changes in my diet, less of these things and more of these things are going to be healthier for me. And you start seeing a difference. So the next time you go do the stress test, you got a better example. You get a better test result. So here it is that we must understand that the flesh is at war with the spirit. The simple nature. Notice what it says in verse 17. Wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Ain't that something? The spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. It's a constant opposition. There's no time they're going to be in agreement. And so it's like oil and water. They won't mix. So daily you must choose on whom you're going to serve. you got to make up your mind that I'm going to serve God or in essence I'm going to serve myself. But here's the misnomer that when you serve yourself, you're really serving the devil. We don't say it that way because that don't sound good. I'm not serving the devil, but when you're not serving God. See, 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 the father of this world, Jesus told it, is the father of lies, and the truth is not in him. 
He, he got you deceived and confused that you satisfying yourself. Everything's going to be all right. That's the lie the enemy wants you to think that you are your own God. That you can make your own choices and, and your choice don't impact or hurt anybody else because it's your choice. But here's the beautiful thing about the Bible tells us that the, vibe, the body is the church of God. And so what impacts one impacts me. So, yeah, you got a liberty to make your choice, but yet your choice, your sin is impacting me. And so we understand that it's, it's bigger than individualistic, that we got to work as a community. We got to work together and love one another and care one for another. Notice how Paul is writing to them, letting them know, don't let the community be distracted by the lies of the enemy. Y'all keep on running with them. Y'all encourage one another. Y'all love one another. You need to impact your lives by being obedient to the spirit and not giving in to the flesh. You can't work your way into heaven. You cannot make yourself righteous. But by Christ dying on the cross for your sins and you placing your faith in him and believing in that gospel message, God then looks down upon you and says you are righteous. Righteousness is not earned, but righteousness is given by faith because of God's grace through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so when we are submitting to him, Jesus promises to have the Holy Spirit that will guide us, direct us, and teach us. Y'all don't believe me? John 14, chapter verse 26, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and I will remind you of everything I have told you. Jesus is on his way to Calvary. He has just got done washing his disciples' feet and eating the meal. And he's giving the vineyard discourse, talking to them, letting them know that I'm about to leave y'all. I'm about to let y'all be by yourselves, but yet I won't let you be by yourself. You, you won't see me, but yet I'm going to send the advocate. Notice the, the terminology for the advocate, right? One who will advocate for you, one that will defend you, one that will support you, one that will be by your side. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Matter of fact, Jesus said that to his disciples while they were in the garden of Gethsemane. He says that pray so you don't fall into temptation for the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. We got to feed our spirit. We got to nurture our spirit so it could be big and strong and able to endure the stresses and the attacks of the enemy. I will send you an advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. When we submit to the spirit of God, we are now submitting to his will. And when we're submitting to his will, we are denying the desires of the flesh. See, the desires of the flesh, as he's trying to point out, he says, I'll have to show you so y'all know what's bad for you. You know, he says they're obvious. <laughs> they're, 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 these are what you know. He said, verse 19 to verse 21. When you follow the desires of your civilization, the results are very clear. It's obvious. It's not hard to see those who are following after the flesh. And he gives these lists of all these desires. But we're pointing out here that it's not necessarily actions, but some of them are attitudes. It's a heart condition. That there's, a, there's some part of our hearts that are fully redeemed. There's some part of our hearts that we still have not surrendered over to God. There's some issues in our heart that we're, we know that we're still taking some medicine for, that we're still trying to recover from and build up our system and our strength. And, it, and But here's a beautiful thing, that our God has not given up on us. See, it's a growing process. Help me tell your neighbor, it's a growing process. 
See, being a Christian is not an overnight experience. It's not overnight all of a sudden I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. I sin no more. No, I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, and now I'm going to do better because I know better. And every day that goes by, we learn more about how to serve him than we did the day before. And so, therefore, we're, we're not being ran amok and run astray by the lust of the flesh and our desires. James tells us how sin comes from our own evil desire. I can't blame somebody else for the things that I do. You know, it makes it easy for me to blame somebody else. Uh, the devil made me do it. Right? It's easy to blame somebody else, but yet I have the choice. I was one controlling my acts, and I was the one enjoying what I was doing when I was doing but yet we know how it goes when people say, I'm sorry. You're only sorry because you got caught. We'll keep on living in sin until we find out it's not going to be good for us. Then somebody exposes it to us and we start realizing that, you know what, you're right. I'm not happy in this condition. I, I'm not healthy in this condition. This condition is not good for me. And once we are awakened and enlightened by the gospel of Jesus Christ, then we say, now I know better. I'm going to do better. So I'm not going to be giving in. To this sexual immorality, idolatry, and witchcraft, and sorcery. I won't be giving in to hostility, and enmity, and strife, and jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, or, or better way to just have another way to understand disputes is selfish ambition, or divisions, or just trying to always cause dissension, or factions, or being part of a political preference, or group, or false teaching, as Paul's applying to them. Don't get caught up with that faction that's giving you false teaching or false doctrine, but hold on. To the gospel. I'm not giving in to envying, trying to desire what somebody else has, or in drunkenness and wild party. The, another channel has the word orgy there after drunkenness, but what it's pointing out about the drunkenness and orgy are wild parties of just basically of debauchery, illicitly just getting drunk and intoxicated and out of control. And notice many of these things are talking about how you are lacking control. It's an overindulgence and a loss of control in these habits. See, when we are living in sin, we're basically out of control. See, if God is in control, then I will be under his control. And if I'm under his control, then I'm going to do the things that please the Father. But when I'm not doing things that pleases the Father, I'm not under control. Y'all know how controls work. Anybody get a TV remote, you push the button, and when the TV does not do what the remote has, you push it to right. You don't blame the TV. You blame the remote. It's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. We, we understand how things work, right? We say, all right, maybe I need to check the batteries. Maybe I need to check the connection. Then we start trying to troubleshoot to find out why I got to get up and turn this channel on this TV, right? We're trying to figure out. But yeah, here it is. God made us. He gave us the instructions. We didn't do it right. God realized there's a problem here. Why did God get up? God sent himself to make right what we have all wrong so that we can be in a right relationship with him. And now Jesus has sent us the power of the Holy Spirit to be in connection with him. And so when we sever that connection, we hinder that connection, that's when we're not able to do what we should be doing. Because we rather to please the flesh than please the spirit. We gotta watch out who we've been programmed to. Because sometimes you can program a remote, but it's gonna be controlling something else. You can program your remote, and they say no, it's open your garage door. You can program your remote, and they say no, it's turning off your, your something else device and not turning on the TV. 
You can understand things get caught up and get wrong programming because of interference. We understand how things get hacked, things get messed up. You you might have have your computer might have accidentally downloaded a virus. Next thing you know, your, your computer's not operating in the right way because of something has got in and it's opposing whatever you're for. The enemy, that's how he sneaks in. He's trying to distract us. He's trying to lead us. He's trying to get in. And all he needs, as, he, as Paul wrote earlier, right, a little left. A little yeast leavens a whole loaf. All, all he needs is just a little bit. And so that's why we have to combat and fight against the wicked schemes of the enemy by being obedient to the spirit. We need to feel the spirit. Notice what he says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Notice again uh, the imagery, Paul. So he went from how we ought to walk and how we ought to run to now saying basically there should be a change in the condition of your heart. Uh, once your heart has been changed, the condition that you'll see the fruit, right? You'll see the manifestation. You'll see the evidence of change. And the evidence of change that's going to come is going to be evident how people see. Here's a beautiful thing, that you learn to love more because of what the fruit is doing inside of you. Because as you grow in love, you love better than the day before. Here's the situation, that as we're growing in Christ, we understand what love is. I understand what love is. The more I get love from God, the more I get love from God, I understand what it means to be forgiven because I have been forgiven. The more love I get from God, I understand grace because I am in need of his grace. And so the more we grow, the better we are. So how is it that I can love my brothers and my sisters in Christ better because I've grown more in his love? I found out that his love never fails. I found out that his love does not keep track of wrongdoing. His love endures all things, hopes all things. The love does not try to keep a track and count of of the wrongs that somebody does. And so when I understand that love never fails, then I'm going to realize that love is always going to win. But that's maturity. That's growth. And so it's a beautiful thing. I'm encouraged us again. We may not get it right today, but tomorrow's another chance. For us to grow in love. Not only are we going to grow in love, we grow in joy. Joy comes from us knowing the power of God's word. The Lord is our strength. And basically when we read in Nehemiah, so the joy of the Lord, basically they got joy from studying the word of God and understanding how to please God. We get joy when we do what make God happy. Just as my children get joy whenever they make daddy and mommy happy. They want to make sure I did good at school. They're waiting for the smile on their face. And then that smile on my face brings joy to them. Realize that I did it. I made mommy and daddy happy. How much more when we can look into our God, our father, and worship him and bless him and and, and serve him in our obedience, that not only do we rejoice in front of him, but yet it brings him joy to say, those are my children. We joy. We grow in peace. The Prince of Peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. We understand what peace looks like. And think about it. That there's some days in our lives that we don't feel like giving peace. There's some days in a time that we want peace through violent ways. Y'all don't hear me? But yet, when we grow in peace, we understand peace means to be in line with God's direction. Peace means to be in line with his will. Peace will also align up. You notice what comes after peace. I can see how Paul's mind was working was patience. 
Because patience is not here of that I'm waiting for something I want, but I'm, I'm enduring. I'm going through hardship. I'm having endurance to go through some things I don't want to deal with. But I'm waiting on that because I believe God's going to deliver. And we grow in patience. Think about how as we teach children how to wait, they're growing in patience. You know how, how they couldn't wait for one minute. They says, can I get a cup of juice? Can I get a cup of juice? Right. Think about how you travel with children. If you have not traveled through and travel with children, just take just take any trip over an hour. Are we there yet? We're working on their paces as they get older. Now they they know how to drive and go places. But yet when they're kids, they don't know how to wait. Are we there? As soon as you get in the car, are we there? Yet? We haven't backed out the driveway yet. And so we understand everything is a growth process. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Notice what he points out. There's no law against these things. It's, it's, I, I, I challenge us to find a place, a group that would say, you know what? We don't want kindness here. We don't want self-control here. We don't want forgiveness here. We don't want. But everybody has codes or regulations because everybody wants some kind of a control. But when we lack self-control, then we are involved in the debauchery and the immorality and all those things that show that we're out of control. That we're satisfying our sins. And when we're out of control, we need somebody to bring us under control. And that's why we got to submit to the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit means it's, a, a, it's, re, it's revealed in our actions. It's revealed in our maturity and our walk in Christ. We grow in this love. So as we grow and learn better, we will do better. We will show that we are connected to Jesus. Remember I referenced earlier when Jesus was teaching to them about the power of the Holy Spirit. One of those teachings we know very well comes from John 15 chapter when he says, I'm the, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Verse 4 in that 15 chapter says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. See, the fruitfulness of our walk is not based on our effort. It's not based on what we think we can do, but it's based on the source of the spirit. We got to be connected to God in order to produce this fruit in our lives. And so if you are doing a spiritual health check inventory right now and realize when you're under stress, you're not showing enough love. You're not showing enough mercy. You're not showing self-control. You're not being forgiving. You're not being kind. You're not being gentle. And you feel a lack of joy. You might want to check your connection. You might want to check your programming and make sure you are being properly controlled and programmed and connected to who you want to be connected to. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, Galatians 5 verse 24 says, have nailed the passions and desires of their simple nature to his cross and crucified them there. And so if I am checking my spiritual health and I realize I had some things I took off the cross. I, I, I nailed lying to the cross, but now I need to lie. So I'm going to take that down. Did you do it? I didn't do it. it wasn't me. All right, I'm going to put lie back. Lord, forgive me for lying, but let me not get caught. It's not how it works. I got to stay connected and, and be able to always be honest and truthful and realize that I want to walk by the spirit even when it's difficult, under stress. I got to do what is right. See, see, that's a challenge as Christians that we are Christians when it's popular. 
Yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I love the Lord. But how do you feel about this? Oh, that's not up to me. I'm going to judge everybody else. But when it comes down to I got to speak boldly and proclaim some things. Nope, 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 not going to do it. That's why we get excited when we look in Acts and see what, what Peter says that are we going to say the things that man says? No, we're going to say what God says. So you want to beat us, you want to throw us in jail, do your worst or do your best. But we got no other choice but to speak and proclaim the truth. That's why the prophet Jeremiah says like fire, shut up in my bones. He understood that, man, I wish I could stop telling y'all these things so y'all would stop throwing me in jail. Jeremiah was tired of being thrown in jail. Every time he told them what thus saved the Lord, they got mad at him and put him in chains. And he was like, yo, I want to stop y'all. I really do. But it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. I got to proclaim what thus saith the Lord. You see, when we are able to faithfully do what God calls us to do, it gives us peace. And we're good in our soul. So how are you living? Are you living in the spirit? Are you living in the flesh? The life you now live should be Christ. If you confess he's Christ. As your personal Lord and Savior. Galatians 2 and 20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This, the death of our sinful desires have been crucified with Christ. They've been nailed to the cross. When Jesus Christ died for our sins some 2,000 years ago, he broke us from the shackles and the, and the uh, imprisonment of sin that we're able to walk in the liberty of the spirit. Who the son sets free is free indeed. So let us seek the Lord and be filled with the Holy Spirit. As you want more of him in our lives, we got to reduce the desires of our selfish desires so that we can be filled up by his presence, by his peace, by his spirit. That we will see that fruit being evident in our lives. I want to encourage you, don't beat yourself up if you don't have as much fruit as you want to see. But yet, check your connection. Realign yourself and get back to the gospel that you already believe. And realize, Lord, here I am. I surrender myself to you, that you might have thine own way. you got to be open and say, Lord, remove those things that are not of you. Lord, reveal those things that are in my life that I need to take out of my life so I can have more of you in my life. Be submissive to the Spirit, even under stress, that you will be able to show love. You'll be able to show uh, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, forgiveness, and be able to show others what it looks like. Because of what God is doing in you. The enemy is trying to crush you, destroy you, and break you. But precious is that what is inside of you that God has given you that cannot be broken, that cannot be shattered. Matter of fact, he has put something in you that he's coming back to get. And so I will wait for him to come back again. Let us walk in the spirit and let it be our God that we will not fulfill the lust and desires of the flesh, but instead we will show others that we are children of God by how we walk, how we talk, how we conduct ourselves, 
because they will be able to see the fruit of our spirit. I close with this imagery for you to think about. How do you know an, an apple tree is an apple tree? You know by the fruit it produces. And so people are inspecting our fruit. Do we have fruit that's being productive? And as you know, if something's not productive, we don't want it. But yet God wants you. And he's put his spirit to those who call on him in you so that you can be productive. And so if you're not seeing the production you want to see, make sure you are reconnected. And you are realigned. And one way we can do that is we can repent. We can confess. And say, Lord, change my heart. Redeem me. Transform me to be more like you. Let us pray. Father, forgive us and have mercy on us. We are grateful, though, that you would never give up on us, nor have you forsaken us. We thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy is sufficient. So fill us up, O oh God, with your spirit as we surrender to you, O oh God. And Lord, if there's someone out there who does not know Jesus Christ as their Lord, and say, Lord, I pray that he can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord who died on the cross for the sins and rose from the grave on the third day and is seated and exalted at the right hand of the Father in majesty. Lord, I pray that you will continue to guide us and direct us as we submit and surrender to your Holy Spirit. And help us, O Lord, continue to fellowship with the brothers and sisters of Christ and grow in discipleship and grow in your spirit that we might see that fruit evident in our life. Father, bless us and keep us until we meet again, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I encourage you to continue to subscribe to our, our, our YouTube page, our website, and also download our app, able to also give online. Uh, through our app as well and stay connected in this ministry. God bless you and Jesus loves you. So do I until we meet again.